Welcome to the Deep Waters Podcast. We pray that Christ is at the beginning and end of all we do. May openness and shalom mark our discussions. As we engage in conversations about the fresh move of God, may our hearts be drawn to unity. And in all things, may this shape us to look more like you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Wow. Now, on this beautiful day, if you'd like to sport up some meadow tea, yes. some ginger turmeric, and you're joining us. Uh, if you'd like to drink anything else, feel free to listen to another podcast. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you want to stop this podcast right now and go listen to something else. Now's okay. your time. Yeah. Yeah. And on that note. Um, but we hope that you choose to enjoy <laughs> the Deep Waters podcast. Please. <laughs> Please. Please. <laughs> Yeah, I'm feisty today. I don't know what's up with that. I like it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, I just have to say your hair is just perfect wow, today. That's it's just the, like swoosh. It's really swooshy lately. That's something my hair has never been able to achieve. I'm the, grateful for that. You've got long, gorgeous locks though. Oh, thanks. Even in the days when it was a shorter length, it, it yeah. never swooshes. It just falls straight. My hair like right here is really curly. So it mm. just like, goes from super curly to swooshy. Fun. All right. Yeah. Next podcast, you have to wear your hair down. Oh, buckle up. <laughs> All right. Sorry, oh, Haley. I yeah. have to do it. <clears throat> uh, hey, what the heck are we talking about today? I don't know. <laughs> it's a gosh darn mi mystery to me. <laughs> Dang it. That was a struggle. Um, well, hey, everyone. We're, we're going to continue this series on the power of the tongue. Yes. Uh, last podcast where we were on this series we were talking about what it means to take the lord's name in vain yeah and how we're flipping not gonna do it <laughs> hopefully you benefited from that and you found yourself hallowing the name of the lord in your own life yes in a more holistic way mm -hmm. and if you missed that one go back and check it out because i thought it was a fun conversation yeah. um, and it like for me it totally reframed what this commandment was that I thought was about speech and it's much more, it's bigger than that. Yeah. You know, which yeah. is kind of fun. It can definitely include speech, but that's such a minor part of the whole picture. I think according to Dr. Carmen Imes, totally whom we respect. We do. <laughs> and today mm -hmm. we're talking about, a, a, I think just a really practical little Christian conversation that yeah. is helpful. I hope. I think a lot of us have this thought of like, yeah, it ha is cussing bad or like, you know, if, is it, is it so much of a lesser sin that it doesn't matter? You know, hmm. all these kinds of things of like, how much is too much? What words are too far? All that kind of stuff. Where is the line? Where's the line? Yeah. Do you think we're even going to talk like, we're not going to describe a line. Do you think? Um, what I hope to communicate is when we posture ourselves in Christianity in any of these conversations around where is the line, then I think what, what our 
heart posture would lead us towards then is how close can I get to the line without crossing it? Totally. And that's the wrong frame of mind. So I think identifying the line at all doesn't really help us. We want to go after the heart. Amen. If the heart is the center line of a street, Hmm. we shouldn't be worried about the guardrails. That's good. Wow. I like it. Because if you're like, how close to the guardrail can I get? Like who thinks that, you know? (laughs) No, you just want to drive responsibly and be safe. At least I would say, I would hope all the drivers out there feel that way. Yeah. But I think that on like, you know, 55 yeah past miss ferry are you thinking sure. like how close can I get to the guardrails right here Whoa. or how do i like stay as close to the center as possible wow i love that that's a really great thought hmm thanks for the metaphor yeah that was helpful i was going to come up with a different one but that one worked a lot better than the one i had in my head do you want to do yours just in case oh well, it was just like cliff's edge like how oh, close to yeah. the edge can i get without totally. falling off or something mm-hmm. but i don't i don't like that as much because I mean, you won't die if you cross the line of speech. Oh, <laughs> but also, I, but what, what, I, I mean, there's you? something kind of exhilarating about coming to the edge of a cliff. Yeah. You know, I, I it think draws us to that. And I, I felt, I like that metaphor because I felt this like taboo exhilaration growing up in the church mm. of like getting close to the line or maybe even crossing the line that, um, totally like misguided. I probably shouldn't have like even try to try to get to that point. It's kind of like, I think calling it the forbidden fruit temptation Mm -hmm. helps me because there's something in the flesh that wants what we can't have. Yeah, for sure. Whether we're talking about diet, language, sexuality, there's like something in our sin, sinful selves that is dead that we are dead to in Christ, thankfully, yeah. but some, something in that fleshy self that longs what we cannot have. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> that's how Adam and Eve fell, you know, and whatever that forbidden fruit concept is like, maybe it's the phenomenon of why people tend to have way worse alcohol problems in the U S hmm. compared to Europe. At least that's an argument I've heard because mm-hmm. it's illegal longer here. And so when you're 19, drinking is more exciting yeah. than if you're in Ireland and you were able to drink legally already by the time you're 19 totally. for years. Mm-hmm. Then it's like, oh, well, there's less excitement around it. For sure. So maybe they have fewer drinking problems because they don't have that forbidden fruit issue. So are you saying we need a mm. cuss at a younger age here <laughs> in the United States? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Okay. I think the cutoff for cussing needs to be much lower. <laughs> All right. You heard it here first. <laughs> River House, we're changing the community. Oh, man. Okay, so we'll come to that heart posture bit a little bit later. Totally. Um, I just kind of wanted to open with a conversation about words. Yeah. Is that okay? I think that's a good place to start. We could go off on this, and before we even hit the record button, we already did go off for quite a while. <laughs> yes. <laughs> on objectivity or subjectivity in language. Mm-hmm. What is a word? Uh, we did some Googling, found some cool things, but like, I just want to ask like in and of itself, what is a word? Some people say the bird is the word. (laughs) (laughs) The bird is the word. Uh, I found a cool quote. Yeah. It says words. 
so innocent and powerless as they are, as standing in a dictionary, how potent for good and evil they become in the hands of one who knows how to combine them. Wow. That's not a, a great quote. Great quote by some dude named Nathaniel Hawthorne. Oh, famous author, right? I think so. Mm -hmm. I don't know anything that he's written. You could look it up. Um, but I like that because what, what Nathaniel Hawthorne's definition of words there is kind of pointing to the scarlet letter. Oh, there you go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Great. Great writer. Yeah. Um, it says words are innocent and powerless standing in a dictionary, like just a word itself, just yeah. sounds, strings of sounds in and of themselves might be inconsequential. Mm hmm morally neutral i've heard some people describe a word as morally neutral yeah but then as we combine them um in a way to portray thoughts within our own minds and hearts that's where the like morality or the meaning is really ascribed where the power comes yeah and that's when they become potent for good and evil so in that quote nathaniel hawthorne says how potent for good and evil they become in the hands of one who knows how to combine them. So like fascinating as I string them together to utilize them, to communicate my thoughts, yeah. um, power mm -hmm. is wielded by those wow. sounds and letters. Mm -hmm. So I just want to say that. Yeah. And, and what's super meta about talking about words is we're using words to, portray a thought and the mm -hmm. thought we're trying to portray is that words portray thoughts. <laughs> Oof, yeah. So it's very meta. Um, does that seem to ring true for you? Yeah, for sure. And, and I think, yeah. And I, I was talking about how, you know, we all have so many experiences of mm. when we learned words, said words, whatever that like, to say that they're completely neutral all the time when we say them, I feel like is for me impossible at least. Hmm. And I don't know. It was just like an interesting of like that subjectivity objectivity problem of like, yeah. does the word apple always mean the fruit, you know, hmm. by definition. But like, I think a lot of people would think of the computer company, right. you know, that that's good. And so how do you, I mean, with a word that means two things, how do you make that objective? There's actually, there's even a member of our congregation named Apple. Have you ever met her? No. She's a, a, a new That's youth. so awesome. She's like 11 years old. She rocks. Oh, that's so cool. Uh, so uh, I could hear Apple and think of her. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, so fascinating. Really so fascinating. Hmm. I, I remember the, this is just a, I don't know, fun story. I was with my cousins and they were talking about how a pencil is not like, I was like, this is a pencil. And they're like, well, not in like Spanish. It's whatever. Yeah. Or in French, it's a different word. And I'm like, I wish I knew them. It'd be better for the story. I, know. I feel like I used to know that in Spanish. Yeah. I've definitely known them in French too, but, um, but I'm like, no, but like this, like even like they, they think this is a pencil. They just have a word for it, you know? And I like, for some reason could not, disassociate pencil from the mm. thing. Oh, lapis. Lapis. In Spanish. Sorry. I almost said lapis, but I didn't want to mess that up. Wait, is that true? 
it says in French, it's crayon, mm-hmm. like crayon. Yeah. Crayon. Crayon. Is that right? Okay, yeah, cool. There I you have go. heard that. Yeah. And so I don't know. I think there's this moment where I'm like, no, this, like around the world, this is a pencil. Yeah. Like, and they're like, well, no, that's just English. And I was just so confused by that. Wow. And so, I mean, each, you know, every civilization that has pencils has a name for them. Yeah. But the fact that it's not just inherently pencil blew my mind. <laughs> I feel like this moment is especially fun because you're holding a pen. For sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. I didn't, didn't bring the right objects for the lesson. No, but that's great. It, it's like if I were to say a bad word in Mandarin, mm-hmm. I wouldn't even know that it's a bad word because I know nothing about the language Mandarin. Oh, yeah. Or like even in British English, the word bloody is a bad thing to say, mm-hmm. supposedly. Yeah, I mean, Christians probably wouldn't say it right over there. You or know? to call someone stupid is way more offensive mm-hmm. in the UK wow. than it is in American English. Um, like, it's not nice in American English, yeah. but in British English, it's like, whoa, dude, like, mm-hmm. calm down. That was yeah. messed up, <laughs> which is interesting. So there's, I guess what that points out is there definitely is a subjectivity to language mm-hmm. and what what we're doing with words is taking a thought or an emotion a concept and creating a symbol in sound and letter in order to communicate that thought to someone else mm-hmm. and the tricky thing is that sometimes my thought matches the symbol in my mind but somebody else has a different thought with yeah. that same symbol totally which is really crazy. Like I might say, I mean, use that example. I might say bloody to describe something that was covered in blood. But Mm -hmm. if a British person is listening to me, they're thinking I'm like saying an offensive word. Yeah, totally. Um, or like, yeah, actually that would be an inappropriate example and I don't want to go that direction, but you you know what I'm saying? There's like thoughts sometimes get lost in translation. Mm-hmm. Because it's like we're using different glossaries to define our symbols that are really just words. That's so fascinating. I, I guess I wanted to start with this because um, because <laughs> cuss words mm-hmm. are just one example of a symbol that yeah. we're ascribing meaning to as both the one who speaks them and the one who hears them. Mm-hmm. And they might not be the same from the speaker and the listener. Yeah. It might be a different thing. True. So like, is the benefit of making this point just to say that it's subjective over language or like that cuss words are just noises Hmm. and we ascribe too much value to them. I'm just curious, like where, like what you're, what you're kind of going at. What is my point? I I think my point is, When we hear a a bad word, Mm -hmm. insert some bad word in your mind, but don't say it. Okay. (laughs) That word. um, Now think about what that word means. Yeah. In your brain. Mm -hmm. Um, And what I'm trying to say is the, it's the meaning of the word that carries the power. Yeah. Not the word itself. That makes sense. Um, And where that meaning is communicated for power in a positive way or a negative way needs to be something we approach thoughtfully and carefully. 
as Christians mm-hmm. because of some stuff we're going to get into right now. For example, okay. Ephesians chapter four, verse 29. So this is a, a chunk in the book of Ephesians where Paul is saying we need to um, declothe ourselves of our, our old way of living, take off the old self mm-hmm. and put on the new self. Yeah. Um, and he's saying this not because it's by this process that we're saved, because he already said in Ephesians chapter two, it's by grace through faith that you've been saved, not of anything that you can do. It's a gift of God. Mm-hmm. So having said that, now he's saying you've put on the new self in Christ's blood. This is what living a righteous Christ like life looks like. And one of his examples is about speech. He says, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as it fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. Paul right here is saying we need to utilize the words that we speak very intentionally. Mm -hmm. Um, There's language that we could utilize that here translated into English. It says it corrupts like it does something that's um, like a distortion of the good. Yeah. And we are to avoid those, those corrupting interactions in our language and we're instead to use our language in order to build others up for the works of grace, yeah. for peace, for love, for the things of Christ, mm-hmm. which like maybe he would say in Philippians chapter four, whatever is true, whatever is lovely, whatever is righteous, yeah. whatever is noble, honorable. Um, Think about these things. I think he might say in this Ephesians 4 context, speak those things Mm -hmm. because there is power in what we're communicating. And as Christians, having put on the new self looks like speaking um, power that benefits the kingdom of God, Mm -hmm. not speaking power that corrupts and is using power from the kingdom of darkness. Yeah. Did I get too heady there? No, no. Are I'm, you following me? No, I'm following you. I, I looked up the word corrupt and it all the different definitions have to do with bringing error into something, mm. which is really fascinating. Oh, that and, is nice. Yeah. And so it's like, yeah, it makes it, it if it, it's, then it's not whole, not truthful, you know, mm. which is like, it's really the opposite of truth, which is cool. It's like a computer program. If it's corrupt, it doesn't function accurately mm-hmm. totally there's like a glitch in your software if something's corrupted yeah for sure and I, and I, for me i can see how this would apply to really hateful usage of cuss words yeah mm-hmm. but in my mind there is a level or a spectrum yep of like cuss words say that what do we do with that you know and is there i mean and this is probably your whole point at the beginning of the guardrail, you know, Mm. if, if you, let's say you have a toolbox and it has everything from like, you know, a straw to a nuclear weapon in it. Okay. (laughs) Maybe you just wouldn't pick up that toolbox, even though it had all these different Um, tools in it. Yes. Like maybe just pick a different one that has less Mm -hmm. intense tools 
in it. Sure. So uh, that's what I was just thinking like, well, why am I even trying to differentiate maybe a slightly worse word from a really bad word? Sure. When why, like maybe we should just not approach them at all. Like, are there certain words that are mm, like the spectrum that my brain wanted to do is say there's negative 10, which is the worst of the worst yeah. to positive 10, which is like the best of the best word that you could use. Like yeah. holy mm-hmm. or glorious, lovely, awesome, good. Yeah. Beautiful, mm-hmm. uh, righteous, you know, those kinds of words. And then zero is like, I don't know, neutral thoughts, concepts yeah. like pen, parrot, <laughs> bread, bread bread yeah that's good plant unless you like really love the the band bread have you heard of the band i have heard of the bed yeah yeah wow in which case that's might be a positive number because they're great (laughs) (laughs) um uh like daft could be a negative word for somebody i don't know yeah anyway (laughs) but daft punk is what came to my mind which is one of my favorite bands doing it right um (laughs) so if if i'm creating that spectrum Maybe what I'm trying to say is, are there some words that are negative for some people mm-hmm. or negative in certain moments, Yeah, but are positive in other moments? Totally. Like they're actually doing a net gain um, because they're such a mild word. Uh, and so it's justifiable sometimes to utilize them. Mm-hmm. And like, when does that word cross from the negative space to the positive space yeah. like are there even words that can do that interesting uh, yeah. this is I, i'm verbally processing right now exactly. i don't know exactly i think i think part of me wants to find a black and white or no to to not land on a black and white because that feels religious right um <laughs> which isn't necessarily even a good motive for my desire in this yeah. moment um but yeah man it's really fascinating no, I'm, I'm sure there are words that cross that line. And I think maybe what I'll come to is if the, if a word crosses that line, this is why we started the way we did because of the subjectivity of language, mm-hmm. I might see a word crossing from the negative space into the positive space and then utilize it. But the, the listener didn't make that same crossover. Mm-hmm. And so they hear the negative space version of that word for sure. Uh, and then Without intending to, you've corrupted something. Yeah, you're bringing either confusion or mm-hmm. frustration, offense into a situation that didn't need it in the first place. That's that's great. And I think for me, the bottom line of this conversation is I would rather err on the safe side yeah. of those lines. Um, if if it's about drawing a line, yeah, which it isn't, but mm-hmm. if it is. Totally. I would rather err on the safe side of those lines, which is why personally I feel the conviction not to use any cuss words. Mm -hmm. But like when I was a kid, yeah, the word C R A P totally was a bad word. Mm -hmm. Crepe. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) ahead. Crepe. Um, Oh, it's French. Like a pancake. Yes, yes, yes. Totally. Um, But today that is a word that I utilize every now and again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> totally that's true but no, i still spelled it out because there's something in it that mm-hmm. my childhood like instilled in me it's still a negative word oh, and yeah. i don't know if someone listening might be like a four-year-old who's been told by their parent not to say that oh word. yeah i would hate to say like 
B-U-T-T on here and have to put an explicit symbol on this podcast, you know? Yeah, totally. Or like the the word for a donkey that sometimes is utilized in like the King James Version. Totally. It's in the Bible, Mom. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So funny. I just heard a a sermon by Darren Roundsend where he utilized that word. Oh, yeah. Which I think Jordan Verner has too. When you're just... That's a, a good example of maybe a word that can cross from the positive yeah, to the negative. True. Because it's the same sound. It's the same spelling. Mm-hmm. But when all you're talking about is a donkey, uh-huh. is it positive? Yeah. Or is there still something like morally negative about that word for re- you as a listener? True. Yeah. I remember my, question. I think even more, I think this is probably a worse example because it's, I think even more taboo, but I remember my, um, I have an uncle who's a worship pastor, but like a big hunter and has dogs and female dogs, which they call a certain word. Yes. And I remember that, like what in the world, you know? Wow. Yeah. Uh, I mean, hearing it a couple times from him and I'm, and I don't know. And obviously yeah. I think that's even more of like a time thing, probably mid 20th century. That was much more, mm-hmm used i feel like it's not even used at to describe female dogs anymore right so that's where it's like i mean not that we call donkeys that, that other word too right anymore so i i like how we're actually dancing around these words and oh, not even yeah. saying them well yeah which is the the spirit of the podcast i think like airing on the side of safety totally yeah yeah we should have just listed all the words out of the gate yeah you know? all right let's just list them let's rate them <laughs> and so we all say like like i don't think but this it's, one... it's interesting that you pointed that out because that uh, our language is fluid mm-hmm. like what the word gay has meant yeah um maybe it's a cuss word in somebody's brain maybe and for a moment it kind of was because it was so derogatory mm-hmm. before it was reclaimed by like the lgbtq community and now they tr- have tried to inject so much pride into that word that yeah. it's like not not a bad word anymore mm-hmm. in a lot of circles um but originally it just meant happy yeah for yeah, sure. like gleeful. Mm-hmm. Um, so interesting that language is fluid, which has something to do with the subjectivity that we were kind of nailing yeah. down. Huh. This is good. Okay. I, I think there's even, there's words in the past few years that have gained um, greater heft because of the social implications of being called that. Wow. I think like even like, I, don't, I mean, even like, like Christian Oh, I was going to say evangelical. Yeah, evangelical. I was, I was going to like, I mean, it's, I, I, my first one was bigot, but I'm like, you've never wanted to be called a bigot. Oh, sure. That's but never yeah, been a good evangelical. Thing. Yeah, like, totally. There was a, a day in the history of Christianity where being called an evangelical was such a wonderful thing. Yeah. And in modern America, that doesn't feel like a wonderful thing to me anymore, at least. For sure. And there are so many people who are fighting to reclaim that word because its roots are good. And I see that argument. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I would probably say I don't want to identify as an evangelical because that word has come to mean so many negative things. And there are other ways that I can communicate the heart of that. Yeah. Uh, Like I'm a follower of Christ that believes, you know, in the living and active word of God and Mm -hmm. so on and so forth. Um, So it's interesting. It's like, because language is fluid and because of the subjectivity in both the mind of the speaker and the hearer, mm-hmm. drawing an absolute line just will never even be possible. Yeah. Um, 
And so we have to ask ourselves these questions and discern what is in my heart yeah. as I say these words? What is in the heart of the one who hears me as mm -hmm. I say these words? And is that beneficial? Absolutely. Or is it corrupting? One of my favorite prayers says, like, be in the ears of those that hear me. Hmm. But I think they're like, like so That's much good. of that, what we've talked about on the podcast takes our own action, you know? So I can't just go out, you know, rapping a Jay-Z song at youth group. Right. Um, and just hope that like, they know my heart, you know, they know that I don't mean in this, this is all ironical or something, you know? Sure. Um, and, but to just always speak life so that hmm. Christ will be in the ears of those that hear me. Oh, praise God for that. That's great. Was that the St. Patrick yeah, prayer? Prayer of St. Patrick. Oh, I love it. I also, I do, I'm not perfect at this. There oh. are times where I'll say bad words. Funny, I am perfect. So. I just want to say <laughs> that on the podcast. I'm sorry, mom. I know you're listening. And <laughs> Hi, Jackie. But I'm, <laughs> I obviously I'm letting the Lord work in me. Yeah, it's good. Um, but I don't want to like come off as pious. Sure. Which interesting that you do that. I just want to point that out because there's a kind of like legalism or mm -hmm. religiosity that gets wrapped up in this conversation Yeah, that feels self-righteous. Mm -hmm. It feels condescending. And I like that you point that out because you're, you're stating, uh, Hey, I'm not perfect. Yeah. I'm, trying to be humble in this circumstance and like speak about a real issue in the Christian faith that I think all of us have some kind of journey in. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, so I'm glad that you brought that human element into it because that makes it feel less legalistic totally, and more relatable. Mm -hmm. And I, I'll say the same thing. I, I have said a couple of cuss words in my life <laughs> though. I will say I have ascribed to the value of not cussing essentially my whole life. I love that. I think the only times I've used any cuss words, it hasn't been with an intent to like harm utilize them myself. Yeah. I've like quoted somebody else for sure, which is another qu question. Like, is that okay? Mm -hmm. totally. And I now err on the side as you could probably guess of the conservative approach yeah. to that, even still I'll say, Oh, and then he used the expletive that begins with the letter F. <laughs> totally. I, uh, I, I think where I've flirted with this line and I don't want to do it anymore is that I've never like used like the full power of each word, hmm. you know, in my mind, I'm using them for like punchlines or even, or I'm using them ironically because people don't expect it out of me. And I love to get a laugh out of people. And it's and so, so funny. And it's so funny. Like, <laughs> like that's like one of the great ways to get a good laugh. I think sometimes yeah. is to just like drop a bad word in it and we're like what in the world? And you know, and, but yes. And so because I don't, or haven't often used them in terrible ways, it makes it feel so much more gray and mm. but like obviously like we're talking about what if you know that causes someone else to 
even be confused about what it means to be a Christian and be set apart and all those things. And it's like, Oh, well, you know, my friends use this word, you know, to talk about women and Jace used it. So I can talk about women in this really derogatory way when that's not when I, I ever meant that, you know? Yeah. Um, that's great. I, I don't know. I feel like you just touched on a lot of important things there. One is, hey, I want to be relevant mm-hmm. to the world. Oh, yeah. And there's an aspect of me that like, I want to I wanna meet. <laughs> it's okay. Oh, no. Do <laughs> so you have a drinking problem? I have a drinking problem. He just dropped oh. a little bit of his tea out the corner of his mouth. No problem. I do that every okay. day. Perfect. Stain all of my shirts. <laughs> Haley is so frustrated with me. <laughs> um, oh, lost the train of thought. We're getting it back. Relevant. Relevance. Thank you. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of a good example, like a church that meets in a bar. Have you ever heard of that? Oh yeah. Like ministries that go to bars because mm-hmm. they want to be in the world, but not of the world. Yeah. So like, Hey, I'm going to go in a bar and talk about Jesus. And there's something really kind of cool about yeah. that. Like, like feels like edgy and like they're doing something new and progressive and like, that's a good thing. Yeah. yeah. It, almost like Jesus dining with sinners and tax collectors. Yeah. It's like, I'm going to go to where the people who need ministry are. Yeah. It's a very evangelistic thing to do. Mm-hmm. And at what point does that cross a line of now I'm not just going there. I'm, I'm all of a sudden in the world and of the world in what I'm doing and saying, uh, for example, if maybe I have a small group in a bar and I'm condoning over drinking, Mm -hmm. whether I'm doing it myself or allowing other people around me to do it. And then I'm like getting the bar tab. Like, what does that communicate? Exactly. That communicates, hey, I'm fine with drunkenness. (laughs) Maybe. Yeah. And is that something that we would see as sanctified? Or if you have church in like a space of drinking, I mean, that very much could be a contentious conversation that we could have, but I'm just trying to utilize it as an example of the, the line of relevance is also a gray line. Yeah. And to me, this was going to be a later point, but I'll say it now. Um, to me, the, the important thing to remember is that we're called not to lose our saltiness mm-hmm. in the world um, by, by starting to taste like the rest of the world. That's called compromise. It's where we cease to be the light of the world by dimming our brightness in yeah. order to um, associate on the same level as those who are dark around us. Mm-hmm. Do those those images help. Oh yeah. Cause it's so Jesus's good. images, right. And in, mm-hmm. in Matthew chapter five in the sermon on the Mount, um, he says, you speaking to the church, you are the light of the world. Yeah. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Totally. Like, do I want to put a bowl over this candle or this lamp? No, I want to put it up on a lampstand so that it shines. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we're called at the end of Matthew chapter five, Jesus says, be perfect as your father in heaven is perfect which is a really strong call. Yeah. And scholars wrestle with what Jesus actually means because Mm -hmm. can I even be perfect? Totally. But what it doesn't mean is go ahead and sin like the rest of the world is sinning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) It's for sure not what it means. I, I got this image where I feel like, I think even though Jesus was dining with, you know, tax collectors and sinners and, 
we could say drunks or whoever. Mm -hmm. I just think if anyone walked into the room, they'd be able to pick him out. Mm. You know? Wow. And like, even if we're like doing ministry at a bar, it's like, there's something that should look different about us. Excellent. Excellent. Um, And so if we completely immediately chameleon to whatever everyone else is doing, Mm. like you're immediately taking away your saltiness. And so it doesn't mean like you can't X, Y, and Z. Yeah. But if, but if at the end of the day, someone sits down and isn't able to pick out the Christ follower, Mm -hmm. then, then we've like gone too far for sure. That's great. I like that. And I think what that does is it, it hits the heart of the word holy, which you know what the word holy means? Set apart, right? Exactly. It's, it's simple. It's holy, which honestly throws me off and when I first learned this, I was like kind of almost offended at this Mm -hmm. definition. Holy doesn't have anything to do with morality. Like it has moral overtones and implications, but holy at its most basic level just means different. It's like set apart something else. Yeah. Um, so I like those metaphors of the light of the world because it implies that the world has a lot of darkness in it. And you are to be something else that the world needs. Yeah. That darkness needs light or the salt of the earth is like the earth is something, but you're the ones bringing the flavor to it. Mm -hmm. So the holiness that we're called into is to be distinct, set apart from the rest of the world. Jesus calls us and prays for us to be in Matthew or in John 17 to be in the world, not of the world, just Mm -hmm. as he was in the world, but not of the world. So where my brain goes for whatever reason is like, I can wear Converse because that's what the world is doing. Totally. That's me being in the world. And maybe someone has a reason why that's not righteous and Mm -hmm. I should stop wearing Converse. I don't know. Maybe there's like some implication of like, I don't know like sweatshops involved in making converts that I don't know about. Oh yeah. Like you could probably tell me that totally. But, um, but the point is there isn't something morally corrupting yeah, or corrupting to other people to see me wearing converse. Yeah. Even more vague to wear jeans, you know? Sure. You know, just to like, so that's just what people are wearing. People are wearing jeans and that's not like you're Mm. completely chameleon because jeans really don't define someone. That's good. So I don't have to be set apart in that way. Yeah. Like it's okay if I wear jeans because other people are wearing jeans. Totally. Like if I had to be so set apart, almost like the Amish approach or the men, yeah. more extreme Mennonite approach. Mm-hmm. Um, like if I just wore khakis and a big flat build brimmed hat um, and dressed like I was a pilgrim from the 1800s or whatever. Yeah, totally. Like I would be set apart. Mm-hmm. I'd be holy yeah. in my dress. Is that something that I'm called to as a Christian? Mm-hmm. That's fascinating. I would say no, not to that degree. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is like a relevance there, yeah, there in is my a, dress. Yes. And I, I like the, the analogy of salty, be salty, because in cuisine, salt isn't necessarily a flavor as much as it is a flavor enhancer. Mm, so nice. it's like we aren't meant to just like, be this like distinct flavor, but like all that is good about life, we are to make even better. That's good. And so if you're like going out and having fun with your friends, like is should be Christ inside of us that makes it that much more of a better experience for everyone else. And it's not like what substance you use or thing you drink or thing you say, or what you talk about 
topically. It's just like the Christ inside of us, like even allowing us to like stay set apart from those things is actually going to make the whole thing better. It's not like we're raining on people's parade. That's great. I'm really glad you pulled that out because I think the lie of culture is you're raining on the parade Mm -hmm. when you don't cuss because it's not as fun. Yeah. Which frankly might be true. Like you might not be as funny in a certain moment if you choose not to cuss. True. But is that a sacrifice that you choose to make in order to retain your saltiness in a certain Mm -hmm. context? And I would say if that is so, then the sacrifice of missing some of the punchlines and the humor is worth it in order to retain the flavor enhancement. Totally. This is just a thought experiment. Does that make sense? No, I love that. I think that's so good. Uh, to to also say you can definitely be funny without cussing totally um and i i even think of my favorite comedian nate bargetzi yeah who's a clean comedian and is finding a ton of success because he doesn't he's not a christian comedian which what i love he's a comedian that is a christian but he just chooses not to say bad words Hmm. so he'll still talk about the real things of life or you know his dog dying but like yeah. in a way that is actually more creative because it has to work around some maybe easy punches or easy wins that you could use with a cuss word. Wow. So it actually salt. Yeah. It's salt. It like makes it, mm. it's, he's genuinely funny and people that do cuss in comedy think he's hilarious. Okay. Mm. And they acknowledge that he's like more, has to be more creative because there's wow. less words he can use technically. That's wonderful. That's kind of fun. I'm so really just glad a good example. you brought that out, especially because the, I feel like the comedy atmosphere is one that's heavily influenced by cussing. Oh yeah, for sure. Like it's rare to find mm-hmm. a comedian that doesn't cuss. Totally. Like Brian Regan was one of my favorites oh, growing yes. up. So good. So grateful for mm-hmm. him. <laughs> yeah. Because I could watch comedy as a kid, mm-hmm. but you're right. Or like a really great rapper. Yeah. Who doesn't talk about explicit things. It's like hard to find those. For sure. Unless for sure. they're, you know, Lecrae or KB or like some of the more mm-hmm. explicitly Christian rappers, which is so great. Also. I love the phrase explicitly Christian <laughs> in this context. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So in this, in this paradigm here, what we're doing is we're in pursuit of light rather than trying to find the line between where our dimming crosses over into darkness. (laughs) Hmm. You see what I did there? Yeah. Kind of like your driving metaphor that you said earlier. I don't want to just find the guardrail so that I can get as close to it as possible. I want to find the center of the road. Yeah. I think I want to find the most bright light way of living so that I can be the light of the world. Yeah. Why be dim at all? I want to be the saltiest of the salt of the earth. You know, like that's my, that's the heart cry. That's such, I love that. I haven't really, honestly, I haven't thought that way. Wow. That's cool. Like even like just to, I want to be the saltiest that I can be. Yeah. You know? And not, not in the sure. like silly, oh, you're so salty. For like sure. Like an old man. Or saltiness. like you're so, yeah, dim. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to be the saltiest yeah. that I possibly can I want to be. be the brightest. I think that's really fun. It's not like that mm. we are light or dark. It's like, I want to be the brightest light. Wow. And I, I think that's an invitation that mm-hmm. we have in Christ to pursue a brighter light. Come on. And that's what Ephesians four and five are getting at. 
which is why Ephesians 5 begins by saying, therefore, be imitators of God. Because the pinnacle of bright light is God. Yeah. <laughs> so but clearly in the, in the scriptures. Mm-hmm. And he's the pinnacle of holy too. Exactly. Exactly. Holy, wow. holy, holy. Set apart mm-hmm. are you, Lord. Oof. Wow. Which, yeah, we could get into languages like narrow way and broad way. When yeah. Jesus is talking in the Sermon on the Mount, chapter seven, I think it is. He says, narrow is the way that leads to life yeah. and few walk it. Broad is the way that leads to destruction. Those are kind of scary words, if I'm honest. <laughs> and they mean a lot more than just yeah. this conversation. But mm-hmm. I employ these words just to say, it's way more common as a human to walk the broad path. Mm-hmm. And I think the broad path just looks like using the F word as an adjective, noun, and verb. Yeah, you know, totally. it's just like using it all over the place. Yeah. You go to a random gas station, sit outside for more than two seconds and you'll hear it, <laughs> you know, totally. Cause it's all over the world. Yeah. That's the broad path. Mm-hmm. Um, what is Christ calling me to in my language? That looks like the narrow way. Yeah. Um, in my clothing, in my fill in the blank. Yeah, totally. And that's what I'm in pursuit of to become the saltiest or the brightest light that I mm-hmm. can be. Yeah. Hmm. I think, I think we, we know as humans that we can't, we have, a, we have, we have an inability to bring life 100% of the time in all of our choices. Hmm. Wow. Is that, is that, would you say that's true? I'd say that's probably a debate because, because I'm saying like to not sin. Yeah. I mean, Paul says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God mm-hmm. and that we are dead to our sins. Okay. And we can be clothed in Christ's righteousness such that we live in perfect righteousness in the spirit. Yeah. And yet in Romans seven, he's like wrestling with his divided will that there's mm-hmm. the flesh and the spirit. So I think that's probably a debate. Like, so let's say it's even a lifelong journey. Okay. We'll call it that. I think that's a good way to frame it. Um, and so it, with the road metaphor, like we want to aim as most to the center as possible because we know we're going to just miss an, a few times, you we, know, but we know, sure. but we know for a fact that if we were to stay in the middle all the time, that leads to life, Amen. you know, mm-hmm. and just, we, we kind of can veer mm. near and far and that like leads us into the Broadway, but to like, to shrink that as narrowly as possible, to be as salty as possible, to be as holy mm. as possible, I think is should be our drive and desire. That's great. I don't know. Maybe that was an unnecessary metaphor. No, I like it. You know what it, it brought me to? I could look it up because it's so fun, but there's a GK Chesterton quote mm-hmm. about how Christianity is like a chariot racing through time and it's avoiding the heresy potholes left and right. Um, and it, he's so poetic. If you know GK Chesterton, then you're better for it. But what he says is essentially... Where, as Christianity, this chariot is reeling through time, um, swerving in and out of these potholes, mm-hmm. and yet erect, like we're still upright. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it's it's looked really sloppy, is I think what he's trying to say. Mm-hmm. Um, it hasn't been a super easy, pretty path. Like Christianity's full of a lot of dirty history. Yeah, you know, we got 
most of the history of Christianity and you'll find a lot of crud (laughs) in the midst of it. Yeah. And yet like the beautiful heart has somehow been retained because Jesus said the gates of hell will not prevail against this church. Wow. That's so good. And I think that same principle can be applied to those who are by the spirit in pursuit of Christ likeness. Yes. I think it's messy and we're, we're reeling and we're avoiding, you know, kind of swerving, drifting in and out of the lane Mm -hmm. sometimes because life is just hard and multiple forces are pulling against us. But as we run this race with endurance that is set before us mm-hmm. by the grace of the Holy Spirit, yeah. empowered by the author and perfecter of our faith, Jesus Christ, we will endure to the end. Yeah. Wow. I find hope in that. Totally. Hmm. Was it okay that I did that? Oh, I love that. No, that's so good. And I like oh. that it's not only like the story of Christianity, but... That is true about us too. You I know? think so. That we're not individually. Yeah. We're not perfect. Um, but we're still like, we're, we're that heart is still being retained. That's I think what you said, which I'm like, that's really beautiful. Yeah. Hmm. Still beating in there. That heart yeah. of the pure Christian. And it will be most redeemed and ultimately fulfilled when he comes again. And okay. I, I want to say something that I haven't said yet. Yeah. The Bible is not a moral handbook. When we, I think in culture, not even in Christian culture, but also a little bit in Christian culture, but Mm -hmm. in culture in general, the Bible is way too often viewed as a moral handbook. Totally. And what I mean by that is, oh, what am I not allowed to do? Mm -hmm. Let me look at the Bible and it'll tell me what is a bad thing to do. And these are the rules to life. Yeah. And the, oh yeah, like, especially in the teenage world, I find being in youth ministry, people mm-hmm. view the Bible as a moral handbook all the time. It's totally. like, oh, my friends are like on the weekends getting drunk, but I'm not allowed to drink because the Bible tells me I can't. Mm-hmm. This, it's, it's a rule book and it's telling me what I can and cannot yeah. do. And I think that way of interacting with scripture and the way of Jesus mm-hmm. um, just breeds resentment in legalism. Yeah, totally. So... If you have viewed scripture as a moral handbook, then what you might be asking is, well, point to me the Bible verse that says thou shalt not cuss, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And I'm not going to do that because that verse doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. I mean, I could show you some good ones. Like in Ephesians 5, 4, it says, let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking. So I could s- interpret that to say like a filthy way of talking would mm-hmm. be to cuss. Yeah. And Paul's telling me not to do that. Yeah. But even that maybe isn't as explicit as somebody might want if mm-hmm. they're trying to read the Bible as a moral handbook. And especially like 2000 years or longer from when it was written, it's like, it's not going to say, do not say these words specifically. <laughs> right. You know, at all. It's like, where does it say that I can't say the F word. Right. You know, Hmm. nowhere doesn't say in the Bible. Therefore I can do it. But then if you read about like the heart of it and like whatever is true, whatever is pure, whatever is, Mm. you know, right and noble, like, you know, obviously I think it's, it's definitely in there because within our culture, that F word means a whole litany of terrible things. That's great. Wow. You're using great vocabulary today. Thank you. Litany was a good one. 
Which, yeah, like even the Old Testament law was about the heart of those laws. It mm-hmm. wasn't about the letter. Like we talked about last week. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And the Pharisees got it wrong in Jesus' totally. day so terribly. We did talk about that last week. Mm-hmm. That's fun. That's a, that'll probably be a commonality in this whole series. Uh, so I think we need to find the heart in this conversation. Um, we need to recognize... Like, are we really imitating God in the way that we speak? Mm-hmm. Am I in pursuit of saltiness? Yeah. Am I in pursuit of light? Or am I trying to find the boundary between what is okay and what is not okay? Yeah. If that's your approach, my guess is your heart probably isn't in the right place. Mm-hmm. You have a more legalistic way of thinking about this conversation and less of a like sanctified living an active Christ-like way of thinking about this conversation. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And that's... Honestly, that's freeing. It's freeing because I'm called to something, not away from something. Mm-hmm. I'm not called away from cussing. I'm called into building up others with my words. Yeah. Which is, I'm, I'm called into life instead of away from death. It's so good. Which by being called into life, I am being called away from death, but that's not the focus. Yeah. So yeah. Sense. No, it's like, it's again, the road. If, where the focus is the center mm-hmm. lane. Amen. And the, the, if you focus on the center lane and being there, you automatically move away from the guardrail. It's hmm. good. You know, but if you, but if you're just focusing on not being next to the guardrail, then you're always looking at the guardrail. Yeah. And a lot of like, a lot of like crashes happen because of object fixation. That's like, great. I just went through my motorcycle training and they talk about that. It's like where you look, your eyes your, where, is where you'll go. Fascinating. Um, which is interesting. That'll preach. Yeah. That, that is actually, that is, that will preach. That will for sure. preach. Um, on that note a little mm-hmm. bit. And I think this is, we land in a subject subjective place. Yep. And I think we kind of did this last week too, but like, does this mean Christians can't watch movies that have cuss words in them? Oh, Yeah, we should talk about that. I think we'll probably have a full episode in this series where we talk about like what content we're allowed to and not allowed to engage with. For sure. Does that feel right? That's fine. But I think the short answer is it's a heart posture. Mm -hmm. If I am watching a movie that has expletives, um, well, I'll just say candidly and maybe this is wrong i don't know lord convict me if it is i watch movies that have cuss words in them yeah and i don't speak those cuss words myself Mm -hmm. um and i think if i consumed a lot of content mostly content that had expletives it would probably start to well out of me because you are what you eat (laughs) you know totally yeah you become what you give your attention to Mm -hmm. uh you steer towards what your eyes are set on And yet I feel like there is a way, hmm, there is a way to be around the world and not become of it, Mm -hmm. which like some of my best friends cuss a lot. Yeah. They aren't Christians. Um, I mean, some of my Christian friends cuss too, but Mm -hmm. like, especially my non-Christian friends have sailor mouths, (laughs) but Um, does that mean I shouldn't be their friend? No, Mm -hmm. I don't think so. True. I think I'm called to be light in that relationship Mm -hmm. and the way that I utilize my tongue is part of that. Yeah. Uh, 
but I think it's a matter of subjectivity. Like mm-hmm. where is, where is watching that movie with those expletives in them going to affect you? Mm-hmm. And if it affects you in a way that doesn't encourage you toward holiness, yeah. then I'd say stop watching that movie. Mm-hmm. If you find that it doesn't affect you and you can retain your saltiness, then I'd say you're probably in the clear. Yeah. Um, but that will be a subjective determination that everyone will have to do for themselves. Don't you yeah. think? Yeah, totally. I think, I think that's where I land too. Yeah. But I wanted it to be said on this podcast, even if we just mention a little bit and do a big one on it. Well, yeah, we'll come back to that because yeah. I want to talk about like Harry Potter and oh yes, all the things, mm-hmm. Star Wars, you know, totally the things that Hercules, like, is it okay to watch these things Yeah. that not only just say certain words, but perpetuate certain worldviews? Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> wow. That's a good way to put so that. I think that'll be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but stay tuned on that one. Okay, let me say this. This this James quote is so beautiful, and I want to read the whole thing, but I won't. Um, James 3, 1 through 12, if you want to just go read it. That's what I'm pulling from. But this is where James essentially says, your tongue is really powerful and what you choose to do with it matters. Mm -hmm. Uh, He puts it this way, starting in verse 3. If we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also. Though they are so large... And are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. Skipping along a little bit, he says, With our tongue, we bless our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth, comes blessing and cursing my brothers these things ought not to be so uh this is another great example of what could just be used as proof texting like i'm gonna go to the bible and show you where you shouldn't cuss yeah uh and i just want to look at the heart of these words um how do how do you perceive the heart of these words Well, I would say the heart of these words is a lot more than just cussing, you know, like this would include all kinds of things like lying, like to, Mm. to misdirect someone like you could like, I mean, civil is civilizations have risen and fallen because of the tongue, you know? Wow. Yeah. Like, you know, people have been uh, persuaded to do terrible things because of someone's tongue Mm. and they've been uh, persuaded to do incredibly beautiful things with someone's tongue, yeah. you know? So it's like, yeah, there's a, an incredible amount of power, but it's more than just cussing. Right. But I think, I think the, the, the fact that our, our mouths are, um, so pivotal, pivotal, pivotal. <laughs> there goes my cavalic cap vocabulary. Good yeah. night. <laughs> um, yeah, they're, because our tongues are so powerful, like we need to use it well. It's good. Mm-hmm. It 
uh, reminded me of this quote that I found when searching the meaning of words. It says, watch your thoughts. They become your words. Watch your words. They become your actions. Watch your actions. They become your habits. Watch your habits. They become your character. Wow. Watch your character. It becomes your destiny. Oh, yeah. Isn't that weighty? Yeah, that is weighty. Just like thoughts are just words made like before they're made verbal or Mm -hmm. before they're made audible. I mean, so, and maybe before they're verbal too, both. But I think that's capturing the same idea that like Mm -hmm. with words, lives are changed and not just the life of the one that is speaking them, but the lives of those who hear them as well. Like you said, with the power of the tongue, kingdoms have risen and fallen. Um, so I just wanted to point that out and point out that Jesus says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So we should be attentive to what our mouths are speaking because they might reveal something that's in our heart Mm -hmm. and they might be a rudder to our whole lives that are going to steer us in a direction that is not the life of abundance Mm -hmm. that Jesus died to give us. Yeah. That's Mm -hmm. a good point of reflection for, for us and the listener, like to take stock in all this of like, what is, what is coming out of the springs of our mouth? And like, is it, is it good in building people up around us Mm -hmm. or is it, you know, either full of cussing or lying or slandering or gossip or, you know, all sorts of things. Um, and it is probably a, a good time to check your heart if you do find that, Hmm. but also know that it's a, a, a something we're all working towards to try to get to that middle, middle line. Yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. Hmm. But we're called to, to, um, refine that. So it's not like Jesus just says, whatever's in you comes out peace you know <laughs> but he talks about like it's just a reality you can't do anything be, about it. be perfect like god is perfect yeah so you have to hold those two in line and so it's like oh you know i'm not you know prescriptively i'm not perfect what do i do with that whoa i'm gonna i gotta refine what comes in what goes out those kinds of things that's great my heart hurt unforgiveness all those things can well up in harsh language I'm reminded of uh, a really wonderful sermon by, you guessed it, Tim Mackey. (laughs) I love that guy. absolutely adore him. Um, And he was talking about the fruit of the spirit. Mm -hmm. Notice it's the spirit's fruit Hmm. within us. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control, whatever there. Mm -hmm. Gentleness. Gentleness. Let's get that one. Um, We are in a way responsible and the spirit is also responsible Hmm. for those fruit. Yeah. And how we are both responsible at the same time is kind of tricky, but the metaphor that he used in this really wonderful sermon that I'll use now is like a garden Yeah, where we are to cultivate and nurture love, joy, and peace as if they're plants inside the garden of our heart Mm -hmm. to grow 
Um, we are to water them. And yet it's not my energy. It's not my power that causes those things to grow. Yeah. It's the spirit. Totally. It's God that makes things grow. I don't make a thing grow, but I'll, I'll put water on it. Mm-hmm. I'll try and plant it in good soil. Totally. Um, and then this is the key. If I see weeds around it, I need to pull those weeds out or else they're going to suck life away from the good thing. Yeah. So if I see impatience growing in me, I want to, I want to pull it like a weed. That's so good. Um, and I, th- I think that's in pursuit of saltiness. Mm-hmm. That's, I like that phrase in pursuit of saltiness. That's really good. Uh, and I think the same thing applies to this conversation. Like, are there ways in my speech that weeds are starting to grow up that contradict the fruit of the spirit? Yeah. Um, that contradict the holiness that we're called to in order to be imitators of God. Mm-hmm. Um, that is simultaneously a work of the spirit and a work of my own will. Hmm. Um, those two things are not in competition with each other. I just feel like that's important to yeah. say. No, that's so good. Uh, I like that a lot. Cause God, God is very much in us and in our midst as we are Christians, at least if you've been yeah. filled with the Holy spirit and given your life to him, mm-hmm. then the Holy spirit is working on you to make you a person of love totally. and peace and joy. And you still have the capacity to not nurture your garden. Well, Mm-hmm. And to not let the Holy Spirit help you make a fruitful garden. Yeah. You can neglect the weeds that are growing. And mm-hmm. you ever see a weed neglected and it grows like four or five feet tall? Totally. Yeah. <laughs> huge. Don't, I think too many of us as Christians like have a proverbial weed growing inside of us mm-hmm. that we say, well, the weed, the whole world is full of those weeds. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't really matter. And yet it, that weed is sucking life from the plants around it of mm-hmm. peace and joy and patience and kindness and so on. We often also will say, um, well, this weed that I have is not nearly as big as my coworkers weed or my brother's weed or, you know, my father's weed or whatever it is. And Mm. so I think, uh, yeah, there's something, there's something to that. And I think there's something also to in this conversation that is somewhat moral Mm -hmm. that we have these questions about morality um, you were talking about how, uh, it is our will and the Holy spirit that allows these fruits to like mm-hmm. grow. Yeah. Um, I think we also should not hold our non Christian brothers and sisters to the same standard. Cause that will immediately, I think there's something, it, the moment we go at peanut, like don't say that or whatever. Yeah. It's like, it like, it's the bad kind of saltiness. Wow. I don't know. It's like the, this overbearing, like, I don't know. There's something to, mm-hmm. um, if that's how they encounter your walk with the Lord, that's like so unattractive instead of going after the heart, you know, that's if Jesus was around the table and it was like, the reason I brought you all here was for you to stop, you know, <laughs> ripping people off and stop prostituting yourselves. Um, now or just whatever, <laughs> or like, just because yeah. I don't like it. Like, it's like yeah. they, he showed them love and ate with them. And wow. I think there's just something way different there than sometimes we kind of go so in good. our like, um, piety. Is that the right word? That's a great word. Yeah. Um, in our like over righteousness. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Not that piety is necessarily a bad thing, but it's, I think it has adopted some negative connotations because it looks like self-righteousness. Yeah. I was thinking the self-righteous version of, yes, it. of yes. piety. That's good. 
Wow. It, it made me think of Romans two. I think verse four, I just read it this morning, so I should know, uh, where it's the kindness of the Lord that leads us to repentance. Yes. Yeah. Jesus is that embodied, you know, mm-hmm. his kindness just flowed. And Zacchaeus over here just repents in the face of Jesus's kindness. Yes. Jesus yeah. doesn't need to say anything to the homeboy about all of his sin. He just, for, he just repents. Yeah. He's like, you know what? I'm going to pay everybody back that I ripped off four times over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I love that. I, I think if Christ was living in the same way that Zacchaeus was, he wouldn't have ever felt the the difference. Like the, um, or ever seen like a different way to live. So I think that's where it's like, we're called to be set apart so that people might just get a taste of like, wow, that seems like a pretty good life to live. That's good. And like then in, in our kindness and Christ's kindness, we can meet them. Of like, mm. this is why, you know, I'm always joyful and not anxious. Amen. This is why like, you know, my wife and I have a great marriage is because we speak life into one another right. and have open dialogue about all of our problems and our Wow. shortcomings you know we don't think that i am better um or worse or whatever so that's great this is a great conversation i think yeah i hope it's helpful to everyone it feels practical no yeah i think it's i think it's good all right how do you feel like we should land the plane because hmm. it is that time of the day should we quote tozer oh yeah do this one he's a great way to land the plane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we love Tozer. We're <laughs> going to read the quote and it's just going to go black. Yeah. That's <laughs> the it. end. Because <laughs> uh, there, there are a handful of rebuttal questions that hopefully we hit on today. Like, oh, you just sound so legalistic mm-hmm. when you say not to cuss. <laughs> totally. I'm like, well, if that's your rebuttal, then you're missing the heart. Yes, exactly. Um, which we've hit on. Or one of the rebuttals is, uh, come on, be relevant guys. Mm-hmm. If you don't look like the world, then you won't know how to communicate with it. So then you won't be evangelistic, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, Yeah. which there's, there's a nugget of truth in that, but it's also that statement itself was a justification for sin, which heaven help us if that's yeah. what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, when Paul said to the Greeks, I became a Greek to the Jews. I became a Jew. I became all things to all people so that they might see Christ in me mm-hmm. or whatever. First yeah. Corinthians, something. Um, that's not what he, he wasn't talking about a life of compromise. Yeah. He was talking about learning the language of the people around him, mm. like the cultural language. Totally. So that he could speak to the people of Athens and say in terms that they understood, this is who Jesus is. Yes. Totally. <laughs> yeah. But he wasn't like cussing while he did that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so anyway, well, hopefully some of those, <laughs> Rebuttals are debunked. Mm-hmm. And this is one of my favorite rebuttals. Um, or this is one of my favorite debunkings of the rebuttal about legalism coming from the wonderful A.W. Tozer. He says, the church will be at the height of its heresy when it calls obedience legalism. It's so good. Maybe I should read it again just because I feel like it hits heavy. The church will be at its height of heresy when it calls obedience legalism. Have we ever Mm. done that? Have I ever done that? Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure I have. I for sure have. Jesus calls us to obey. 
not because he's a legalistic God, but because he wants us to be salty. Mm -hmm. Cause he wants us to be bright lights in the darkness. Cause he wants to bring light to the darkness. Amen. You know, because he said your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Mm -hmm. Not because he said, Hey, here's a rule book, follow it or else you'll go to hell, man. Which like, it just makes me think <laughs> back to Tozer classic. It all comes back to what we think of God. If God is some like mean teacher in the sky with a ruler, that's going to like smack us on the knuckles. If we mm -hmm. say the bad word that will shape the way that I live my life. Yeah. But if we believe that God is actually the light of the world, and that he wants to fill us with himself such that we become lights to the world and mm -hmm. the world's full of darkness. It needs light. Yeah. If my God is so good and so loving that he wants to spill out his goodness and brilliance and love mm -hmm. and peace and joy through us, yeah. his co-laborers, his children, those who are made in his image and has, have been redeemed to his image in Christ's mm -hmm. blood, then I don't want to say a cuss word. <laughs> yeah, come on. There you go. Then I want to pursue saltiness. Hmm. Thou shalt not cuss because of saltiness. <laughs> huh. All right. I'm curious to hear if people have any feedback for us. If they disagree, I'd honestly, I'd love to hear thoughts. I feel mm -hmm. like we came to a pretty conclusive answer, even though we didn't draw a line in the sand. Yeah. You feel that way? I think so. Hopefully it's helpful and not condemning because again, we're not perfect. Totally. But we're on a journey towards Christ likeness. Mm -hmm. hmm. Wow. Thanks friends for tuning in. Huh? Where do you want us to go next in this conversation around the power of the tongue? Let us know in the comments down mm -hmm. below. Like I said, we're probably going to talk about these movies, like music, things that we fill ourselves with. I think we'll talk about gossip, mm -hmm. slander. I think that'd be good. It's important. Uh, and so forth. Did so. cursing fit into the last episode? I can't remember. Like actual like... Like taking the Lord's name in vain in the like colloquial sense? Is that what you mean? Uh, no, like to like curse someone. Like, is that a thing? Oh, whoa. That would be a... I mean, no one really does that. Or I'm not even sure what that looks like. But that might be a conversation. I mean, or, maybe people do that when they say. Like, I, mean, I never want to see you. Like, my examples. Yeah. Like <laughs> my, all the examples that are coming to my mind are really not sanctified. Totally. In different like rap songs and stuff. There's a pretty funny one mm -hmm. where this guy just has a breakup. I won't say what song it is. You shouldn't look it up because it's not sanctified. But in the bridge, he says, I hope you work at a Fridays, meaning TGI Fridays. Yeah. So that you never have Fridays off because you're always busy on Fridays. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, cursing his ex-girlfriend in a way. And he says yeah. like, I, I hope you always wake up on the wrong side of the bed. Mm -hmm. And I hope, you know, totally. I hope your breast smells bad. I forget all the stuff that he says in that song, but mm -hmm. Even it's like to just to like to wish ill on someone. To, Maybe we should get to wish ill on someone. I think is there's something cursing. to that. And we can add that to one of these hmm. or, or maybe right now. Just don't do that. Yeah. Just don't. Yeah. That's bad. 
I actually, we should make that a conversation because I'm thinking about there are biblical examples where people of God curse. I know some weird ones. And I don't know what to do about it. Like yeah. the, the bears. The that bear. Come, yeah. 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 The bald, second Kings. Yeah. We'll bald deal with headed. that later. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's dangerous. <laughs> I, I thought about that this morning. I'm like, what are we going to do about that? Shoot. Or like Ananias and Sapphira. Were they cursed? Was Sapphira cursed when Peter said, like, the fate of your husband who just died is also your fate? Yeah. And those who carried your husband to the grave are at the door and they're going to carry you too. Like, was that a curse or was that just prophetic? He, like, saw it was going to happen. I don't know. We could talk about that. I don't know. Whatever it was, gnarly. That story terrifies me. Mm -hmm. But thankfully, God is not a God of terror. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Though we are to fear him in a reverent way. Okay, too many rabbit trails. Here we go. <laughs> Let's end it there. <laughs> we love you all. Don't don't see obedience as legalism. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Pursue saltiness. <laughs> Let's be salty people. Yeah. Okay, love you, friends. Yeah. As they say. Bye. bye. <sighs> Missed it a little bit. Just a little. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Deep Waters podcast. If you have comments, questions, or concerns, maybe even a recipe or two, please send them to deepwaters at riverhouseministries.com. And if you would like to join us at Riverhouse for Sunday service, we meet at the Vineyard Boise at 4 p.m. We'd love to see you there. We cannot do this podcast without a little help from our friends. Our theme music was written and recorded by the Riverhouse worship team. Production is done by Jordan Sodeman. Special thanks to Isaiah Guerrero for our artwork. Benjamin Olson writes and co-hosts with me, Jace Langley, and I also edit this bad boy. If you like this podcast and want to keep going on this journey of discipleship with us, please leave us a review wherever you listen to the Deep Waters podcast. May Christ be with you wherever you go.